Are you with me, Lions? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get there. Oh, Beyonce. Oh, we'll get there. Welcome to Disney Versus, the podcast that is slimy, yet satisfying. <laughs> this is also the podcast where we have animated discussions about animated movies. I'm Tori. I'm Grace. It's been about a month or so, but we're back, and we're here to talk about the newest live action air quotes remake slash adaptation from disney the lion king Woo. and i'm so excited that woo is warranted <laughs> have you been grace i've been pretty good i've been busy got back from vacation went camping playing some stuff camping. gearing up for grad school Ooh, good stuff how about you I'm getting ready slash saving for a uh, New Mexico trip that I'm taking in a couple of months. I'm also getting in shape. I've I've lost like 10 pounds, 9, 10 pounds. It is gain season, as I say at work. (laughs) So getting them gains in. Got a lot of news since (laughs) since we've been away. Oh my gosh. Uh, Did Did you mourn the end of the racket? I, I, I did have a drink. I did uh, pour one on the curb for, uh, what did it be, Wally? What, was, what lost? Uh, you mean Lion King? Uh, I, I already did that for Lion King. Oh, I lost uh, the Elite Eight. Wally. No, Wally should be up there. Uh, what did Beauty and the Beast beat? Exactly. See, oh, the it, shouldn't have, it shouldn't have been up there if you can't even remember it. It, it beat The Incredibles. I was about to say Avengers, and I was like, nope, that's not right. Oh man! Speaking of news, breaking news: Avengers: Endgame is now the number one movie of all time. Ooh, for yeah. box office sales. Yeah, it finally beat Avatar. It's now uh, what? It's made seven point sorry two point seven nine billion dollars. Billion. Yeah, that's a. It, that's nutty. Yeah. And it's funny, it took Avatar, what, 283 days to get to where it was? Mm-hmm. Avengers did it in 83 days. Oh my gosh. Which is like almost a third of that time. Does that count inflation or no? I think it's unadjusted. Okay. Adjusted for inflation, like Gone with the Wind is still the the highest grossing movie of all That's time. That's crazy. Yeah. How many times you see it? I saw it twice. Endgame? I only saw it once. Um, I think I will see it again, but I need to see the first one again because I fell asleep at the very end. So like, Infinity War? Yeah. But, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was good. Okay. Uh, did you see the new Spider-Man? Of course I did. Oh, my gosh. Okay, spoiler alert for the next Spoilers. 30 seconds or so. If you haven't yeah. seen Spider-Man, skip, skip ahead forward. Skip 45 seconds. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I, like, sat down. I was super excited about it. And then, like, they jump right into all of these people are dead. And I was like, oh, my God. I hope everyone, 
Like, <laughs> I, I have sympathy pains for anyone who hasn't seen yeah. the last one. Yeah. Because uh, I usually, I mean, I guess there usually isn't that kind of tea to spill, but. No, there really isn't. I love how they're unash- they're unabashed about it. Like, if you haven't seen a bit, if you haven't seen Endgame, fuck you it's right now. Fault. It is your fault. Okay, let's hop into the news. Let's get the, the sad stuff out of the way first. Um, so, I believe it was last week, or actually, yeah, I think it was last week, the actor Rip Torn passed away. If you don't oh. know Rip Torn, in the Disney sphere, he was the voice of Zeus in the Hercules movie. And he was also Zed in Men in Black, which is probably my first exposure to him, my favorite role of his. Uh huh. Keep those away from the baby. Oh, he won't hurt himself. Let the kid have a little fun. (laughs) On behalf of my son, I want to thank you all for your wonderful gifts. What about our gift, dear? Well, let's see here. Hmm, yes. A little cirrus, and mmm, a, a touch of nimble stratus, and a dash of cumulus. His name is Pegasus, and he's all your son. R.I.P. Riptorn. He's a great actor. Um... In reverse order from what I have in the rundown, uh, there was an announcement of Pixar's next movie after Onward called Soul, which is coming out June of next year. It's being written and directed by Pete Docter, who was the director of Monsters, Inc., Grace's favorite movie. And he was the writer and director of Up! and Inside Out. We don't have a trailer for that one yet, do we? There's not a trailer. They just announced it's happening. Okay. And Mm. kind of the way they described it, it's not a sequel to Inside Out, but it's like Inside Out, but on a more macro and super deep level. Mm -hmm. It's basically what what makes your soul part of who you are. Interesting. Okay. But I'm excited. Pete Doctor makes good movies. So I just saw... Toy Story 4 in theaters, there was no short. Yeah, I think it was the first time or one of the very few times that there was, they didn't put a short in front of the movie. I was so sad. That's like one of my favorite parts of going to see Pixar movies. Is It's like a two in one. She's like, oh, this is a good, you know, appetizer before the main course. Mm-hmm. We just went to a buffet where you don't have appetizers. Yeah. So. Well, actually, they still have appetizers at buffets. Anyway, let me get off of food. I think Tori's hungry. I actually am. During, I believe it was halftime or the first commercial break. No, it was during halftime. It was halftime. Of the Women's World Cup when USA dominated all over Netherlands. Woot! Woot, USA. 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 We got the first teaser trailer for the live action Mulan movie that's coming out next month. And holy shit, give me all of this movie. Okay, yes. Like, it looks badass. It looks so cool. But some of the Mulan songs, this isn't a musical, right? It's Yeah, there are no songs. There are no songs. Some of the songs from Mulan, I'm thinking, like, I'll Make a Man Out of You. And what's the other big one? Reflections. Reflections. But there's another one, isn't there? With, like, the ensemble? There's... Honor to us all, 
and um, A Girl Worth Fighting For. A Girl Worth Fighting For. Like, I feel like those are two, albeit dated and, uh, I mean, like, we're in the age of feminism, so maybe not. But still, I feel like those are great songs. They are good. Uh, I think the first two that we named are better than the last two. Well, no, I won't say that they're better, but they're more uh, well-remembered than the other two. Yeah. I can think of ways that you can write that in, write all of those into the movie dialogue-wise and just use the their melodies as like musical cues. Because yeah. if you watch the trailer, if you haven't seen the trailer, please go watch it because it's amazing. They use reflection in the beginning as kind of, you know, the background for the the trailer. And it's it's a great orchestration. And mm-hmm. if they just keep doing that, I will not have a problem with the songs being gone. Yeah. Mulan um, does not look like it's a shot for shot adaptation of uh, the original Mulan animated movie. Uh, unlike Lion King was basically shot for shot um aladdin added some stuff beauty and the beast beauty and the beast added some stuff but there was definitely a lot that was still very close and very similar Mm -hmm. um but milan looks like the most divergent of what we've seen so far from live action i think yeah and i i texted you uh Mm -hmm. about it like i think i figured out how the story is basically going to go and diverge from the original. I don't know if I should get it. Okay. I kind of want to say it now so I can be like, I called it. Okay, call it. I'm not going to say the whole thing, but I think that Mulan is going to be a good fighter already. And her hang up is, I don't want to be a bride. I want to go to war. Like she has the capability of, of being the good bride. She's already a warrior. Yeah, she, like she know she's been you know training in secret, and hey, a war breaks out, and she's like, okay, I'm going to go to war because I can. Mm-hmm. I think that's gonna I think that's gonna be the biggest and most important change is Mulan's uh, kind of her motivation. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Uh, I don't I don't I'm not in the camp of where's Mushu. Like if Mushu's not a wisecracking sidekick, I'm fine. Yeah, I would, a lot of the comedy in Mulan is around Mushu and Cricket. Mm-hmm. And I could see them kind of dispersing that through several other characters or even if she gets a sidekick of some sort. Man, mostly because this movie, it just looks like a straight up period piece war movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just looks so good cinematography wise. Can't wait. I think more controversial than Mushu not being in Mulan is the casting for the live-action Little Mermaid movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm about Fuck. it. Yeah. I'm, Mix it I, up. I, I, I am, too. I had to do a double take, and I'll tell the story in a second. Well. But Haley Bailey has been cast as Ariel in the live-action Little Mermaid movie, and if you've been living under a rock or don't have social media... Haley Bailey is African American. She is one half of Chloe and Haley, a uh, singing group. They're sisters uh, that who are a singing duo. But yo, the internet lit up over this. Some for good, some for bad. But yo, I'm all about it. I don't know if Grace, you don't watch Grownish, do you? No. 
I know Lord. who they. Are. I know who Chloe and Haley are um, because of Beyonce. <laughs> but oh yeah, yeah, they were they headlined for her, right? They were uh-huh. like the opening act. Okay, yeah. She's my favorite character on Grownish because she, uh, she and her sister, kind of have the ba- the best clapbacks and the mm-hmm. best one liners, and it's just so funny. And when I saw, first off, I read this the headline when I was at work and I was really tired and annoyed about something, so I looked down at my phone. Halle Berry cast as Ariel. <laughs> That's what I thought the first time. That's too. a horrible idea. <laughs> and then I opened my phone and saw her picture, and I was like, "Oh, Haley Bailey, <laughs> or Halle Bailey." I'm probably saying her name wrong. I'm sorry, but seeing it was her, I was like, "Oh, that's a great idea. I love every yeah. moment of it. I I love everything of what this could be." Jacob Tremblay. The little boy from Room and Wonder and Aquafina from uh, Crazy Rich Asians. I'm excited about her. Uh, yeah. They've been cast as well in the movie. I am certain that Jacob Tremblay is going to be Flounder. It only makes sense if he's Flounder. Oh, I thought Aquafina was going to be Flounder. Ooh, that'd be interesting. I, I feel like you should give Aquafina a bigger role than Flounder, though. Maybe Aquafina was the bird no i feel like okay let me look that's what i was thinking i was thinking aquafina was going to be scuttle okay 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 aquafina is scuttle okay cool and yeah um jacob is flounder all right then i wonder who they're gonna get as uh sebastian watch lin-manuel miranda play sebastian oh my god please it's like fine i'll do it myself that or um this might be too soon but john oliver as sebastian yeah nah i think someone someone oh no sorry yeah no yeah you're totally right lin-manuel would be great for that i was thinking for some reason i was thinking scuttle it's rumored that they want melissa mccarthy to be ursula they want harry styles to play prince eric and they want Javier Bardem to be King Triton. Mm-hmm. I think the only one of these that I'm just that I'm not uh, on is Javier Bardem. If they cast Javier Bardem, I would be more okay with it. Melissa McCarthy and Harry Styles, I'm not really feeling all that much. Harry Styles, I don't really get. Um, I don't really see the appeal. Melissa McCarthy, I think she would probably be a great Ursula, but also I think like. This is your opportunity to have a drag queen. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I feel like there are better options out there. I'm um, not a fan, and I haven't really listened to her music, but people have been saying Lizzo. Oh, I love Lizzo, and she would be great. I've been in the Queen Latifah camp for Ursula since, like, it since they started talking about there being a Little Mermaid live-action remake. Yeah. But... I might be in the minority. I was also on board for having, um, who is it, Idris Elba or Terry Crews to be King Triton. Idris Elba as King Triton would be great. Yeah. I'd be about that. Yeah, I could, and he, I could get the fierceness from him. Yeah. Because he has to, he has to be angry. Yeah. But, like, we, I feel like we got a lot of that character from him as the guardian in Thor. True. I can see that. It also comes out a little bit in um, 
The Jungle Book when he plays uh, Khan. Still haven't seen The Jungle Book. Oh, I know. <laughs> and as soon as you do, I'm going to be like, we got to do a watch along. Because <laughs> I think you'll enjoy it. Okay. I just got to, hold on. I got to talk about my Disney Princess Avengers theory. Because what you guys, ha- no- which nobody's talking about is Disney has quietly cast like eight princesses like seven or eight princesses mm-hmm. and maleficent's getting a sequel and she needs to be taken down somehow mm-hmm. and this is when all the princesses are like okay we gotta stop this bitch yeah because we have bell we have aurora we have cinderella we have jasmine uh we have mulan alice. we have alice and now we have ariel mm-hmm. so i mean come on we see what shared universe, good shared universes can do. Mm-hmm. It's just a pipe dream, I guess. I don't think I don't think that'll happen, but it'll be expensive, and you'd have to get like Joss Whedon to write it because Joss Whedon's the only person who could write that and make it make sense. <laughs> so that's true. I don't know, and it still might not make sense. <laughs> yeah, even if he yeah, even if he does write it, it might not make sense. But I guess that's what Once Upon a Time is for. I haven't watched that since like I think I watched the first season and a half of that. The first season is really good. I jumped yeah. off after Frozen because they did Frozen and I was like, okay. And then they did Wizard of Oz and I'm like, that's not even Disney. I'm out. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't do Wizard of Oz. They did The Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I'm out. They're stretching now. I didn't think it was necessarily Disney. I thought it was just fairy tale. Oh, no. It after a while it got specifically disney like when they did frozen i'm like okay now you're a little too on the nose like they had yeah they had anna and Kristoff. huh interesting yeah and the, and of course they had elsa and i think olaf was like a keychain or something like olaf was mentioned and it was just like guys you had such a great thing like season one was so good yeah um, okay let's hop into the lion king all right let's get into the lion king let's get the um cast and crew out of the way Lion King, directed by John Favreau, director of Iron Man, Iron Man 2, The Jungle Book, Chef, Elf, really good movies. Movie star Donald Glover, uh, Seth Rogen, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Alfrey Woodard, Billy Eichner, Don Ghani, John Oliver, Beyonce Knowles Carter, which is weird to say. I'm used to just saying yeah. Beyonce or Beyonce Knowles, but the Carter is in there now. I guess that's her actor name. Maybe. James Earl Jones as Mufasa, also Fuck. starring J.D. McCrary, Shahidi Wright-Joseph, Florence Kasumba, Keegan-Michael Key, and Eric Andre. If you haven't listened to us before, I should get into that before uh, we get into this. We have some new listeners. Didn't welcome you guys earlier. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome. Hi. What we've done in the past, we had a uh, March Madness-style bracket. We ranked Disney movies talked about them, debated them, talked shit about them until we had our true winner. Go listen to our previous episode to, actually, we already said, Beauty and the Beast won. Go back and listen to how Beauty and the Beast won. Welcome. Now we're going to talk about The Lion King. The music scored again by Hans Zimmer with new song, singular song by Elton John. Apparently he came back and reworked some of his original arrangements and Beyonce helped. Yeah. Uh, Did, okay... Was his one new song just the credit song? Yes. I thought that was awful. Yeah, I listened to it yesterday, and it was kind of bad. Yeah. Like the it's like the third to last song on the on the soundtrack. 
Uh-huh. The very last song, it's called, I can't pronounce it, so I'm going to spell it. It's M-B-U-B-E, that song. I thought it was pretty good. Is It's very, um, there's not, a, it, it has a better feel of the of the movie and of the previous, you know, Reli- uh, Lion King related music. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that new Elton John song was bad. Yeah. That song was done, the song that I liked was done by Lebo M, who also returned. And Beyonce, who did Spirit, and also did a uh, Lion King-inspired album called The Gift. Kind of like what, uh, I, I liken it to what Kendrick Lamar did for Black Panther. Yeah. I listened to all of The Gift last night. I haven't. You messaged me about it, and um, and I haven't watched it. I listened to the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So some of the songs from the soundtrack are also are from The Gift, right? I think the only one that's from The Gift is The Spirit. Okay. Or Spirit. It's not The Spirit. Yeah. It's Spirit. Spirit is from The Gift. Man, then I... Clearly, that's what I'm doing after this because I love Beyonce. As a non-Beyonce fan, I enjoyed some of the songs on it. I thought it was pretty mm-hmm. good. It's not something that's going to probably make my regular rotation, but it was it was pretty good to listen to. Yeah. There were, there were a couple of jams on there. I did think, it seem uh, like she just kind of threw it together or did it seem like... Oh shit! Beyonce has a new album. Uh, neither. It was kind of in between. It was. It was like okay, there was some thought that was some. There was some thought and care that was put into this because there are a lot of. Um, she she went out and got a lot of uh, African artists, like some of the more popular artists in Africa, and mm-hmm. got them to help, uh, and you know featured them on the album. And then you have you know your childish Gambinos, you have Jay Z on a track, you have Kendrick Lamar on a track, and there's some other people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it was a. Uh, I, I think it was deliberate is the word that I would yeah. use for it. But it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't. You know, it, it's not. I wouldn't call it fire, and I wouldn't call it. You know, thrown together either. Okay. But yeah, if you haven't, if you haven't listened to the gift, or if you haven't picked up the gift yet, it's. I would. I would recommend it. I think my favorite song on the on the album was "Mood Forever" because that's the one that has. Uh, jay-z and beyonce and childish gambino mm-hmm. oh and blue ivy is on a on a track as well yeah i heard that yeah brown skin girls yeah it's good all right so box office stuff man did this movie make that money so even domest- though the reviews weren't that good they were i think they were mixed to average but i think People weren't really looking at the reviews. Like, skeptical people yeah. were like, okay, it's not a glowing success. I'm, I'll wait. People like you and me who are, you know, diehard Disney fans and, you know, Disney podcasters, we're going to go see it, you know, opening weekend because, you know, it's a adaptation of The Lion King. We're going to go see it. Yeah. But, I mean, you sent me a, you sent me an article and I'm like, you know what? I'm not even worried about it. It'll be it'll be whatever it is. I'm still going to see it regardless. Yeah, the Rotten Tomatoes right now. Critics are saying 52 percent, and the audience is giving a score of 89 percent. Ooh, it got an A Cinema score, and then yeah. Metacritic gave it a 55 out of 100. But that's you know on par for what Aladdin did, and yeah. Aladdin is you know another week away from being at a billion dollars. So Jeez. clearly, these movies are kind of critic proof. Yeah, I mean they're great family films. Mm-hmm. As far as box office, though, uh, domestically, which is U.S. and Canada to be specific, 
it did uh, 191.8 million dollars and that's the largest opening weekend all time for a movie in the month of july and that's beating the previous record holder which was harry potter and the deathly hallows part two it became the largest pg rated opening weekend of all time beating the incredibles 2 from last year and it's the eighth largest domestic opening weekend of all time it's pretty bomb and then around the world it did 543.6 million dollars half a million dollars in In a weekend yeah yeah that's nuts and it was the second fastest selling ticket on fandango after avengers endgame Mm -hmm. people were gonna go see this movie regardless i forgot that it was opening weekend and was trying to go see it in the morning on saturday and my friend was like looking he's like there's nothing like you we can go see it in 3D, and normally I, I'm not about 3D. Like, I would rather just wait than go see it in 3D. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like this was one. I was like, you know what? I really liked I remember when you and I went to see, they re-released the original Lion King in 3D. Mm-hmm. And Tori and I went to see that. We were in college. But, yeah, and I remember, like, wow, I, I actually really like this. Like, obviously, this wasn't filmed to be 3D, but some of the effect is really impressive. Yeah. I wasn't impressed with the 3D of this movie. I kind of, I usually think 3D is distracting and pulls me out of what I'm watching. Um, Aaron, the person I went with, he really liked the 3D and thought that it was thoughtfully filmed that way. But I definitely think, and maybe Tori, you can talk about this. I, once I realized that it was exactly shot for shot for the majority probably like 95 percent of the movie Mm -hmm. is straight from the original all i could do was think about like what was coming up next or expecting cues and expecting words so i liked it but i also definitely need to go back and watch it as a try not to think about comparing this and think of it as just Mm -hmm. a movie yeah we i guess we're getting into first impressions and thoughts of the movie Mm. Uh, before we get into major spoilers and stuff. But, I mean, I don't know how you can spoil this movie. Like you said, 95% of it is shot for shot. Yeah. I've been thinking about this since I saw it, and my coworker asked me about it today. He's like, I mentioned that I went and saw Lion King, and he's like, what'd you think? And my exact reaction was, um, <laughs> did you not like it? And then after another, hmm... I don't think I like this movie. Yeah. And coming from someone, if you listen to this podcast normally, Lion King is my favorite Disney movie. Period. Yeah. I did not like this adaptation. I did not like it. Do you think it was an impossible ask, though, for you? I wouldn't say it was impossible because I've accepted, you know, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin. I accepted their flaws and found something that I could like. I mean, there are some things that I liked about this, too. But generally, I can say that I liked beauty and the beast and aladdin but i think i honestly think that my dislike is colored by a lot of bias yeah and i'm going to try my best and not spend the next 30 ish minutes crapping all over this movie so (laughs) we need to figure out a safe word so in case i just start scar dumping on all of this movie yeah just be like scar whenever i just start dumping on the movie so i can reel it back in yeah um 
I I definitely had a thought uh, about halfway through where I was like, okay, so I am watching this and I know what the next line is. I know what the next musical cue is. Mm-hmm. I know what's supposed to happen. But this is a live action, there are quotation marks there, movie. And if this was another story, would I be as interested? Would I? Would this captivate me? Would this be an interesting medium? And I'm not sure that it is. I'm not sure that it isn't. Because actually this is kind of like Homeward Bound. Like that's, I guess that's kind of where you go into that's is, is like, is, and I love Homeward Bound, but I'm not sure that if I didn't know the original Lion King, I'm not sure that this would catch me. I think it might be a little odd. That's where I kind of fall too, because for a lot of kids, like you're five years old right now and your mom takes you to see this movie. This is your Lion King now. Yeah. This is going to be your Lion King for your childhood until you, you know, get into your teens and you get all hipster and it's like oh have you seen this movie from 1994 that this movie's based on yeah like until you become that kid this is going to be your lion king yeah and i think i might enjoy it if i didn't have the 94 version so ingrained in my dna like it's 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 part of my makeup yeah the word that we've landed on is photorealism with, Got you. Uh-huh. as opposed to live action or animated well it's technically it's animated i think this movie could really be nominated for best animated film and honestly i think it would have a real shot a decent shot but uh photorealism from this putting it to a different story and actually changing something mm-hmm. you get the jungle book that yeah. is the jungle that is what the jungle book is okay yeah i guess let's drop a spoiler warning for for here until the end of the podcast i mean there's not much that's been changed so i mean if you yeah if you haven't seen the movie uh i guess go watch it come back and listen to us but also why would you click this if you haven't seen it yet yeah uh anyway um okay so what what were some things that you really did like on the back of what i just said about it being possible pick for live for best animated movie yeah i really liked like the environment of it it's a well like technically i was talking to a previous guest a friend of the show dakota he was like technically it is a great movie and i could not disagree with him it is it looks so great all the animals look so real it looks like this could be you know if it wasn't the lion king i would accept this as you know hey national geographic decided to make an original movie and this is what it is and i would completely accept it i wasn't taken out by the animation at all it was incredibly well okay except when they were talking there were occasional times when they were talking where like the mouse movement wasn't quite right or it took me out of it a little bit and it was a little odd but for the most part it was the animation was so good yeah, um, it's kind of crazy that we've gotten to that level. It's it is insane because we gush over uh, the good dinosaur because of what they did mm-hmm. with that with landscapes mostly. Yeah, and they took it a step further with what they did with the Jungle Book, another John Favreau movie. Um, I'm gonna try not to reference the Jungle Book so much in this. It looks so good. Like this is just kind of a another step forward in animation. After a while, you know, we're not gonna need to shoot things in i guess nature mm-hmm. because they'll be able to animate it yeah getting us one step closer to the matrix 
Another thing that I liked uh, performance-wise, I guess we can jump into performances. The character that I liked the most was Scar. Mm-hmm. Chibutel Ejiofor, I think, brought the most to his role. Yeah, and, and not necessarily... It's not like he had different lines for the most part. Not but really. he definitely felt his presence more. Uh, mm-hmm. He had more weight. I will say Be Prepared was the most disappointing moment of this movie for me. Yeah. And I had watched that video, or I'd heard that song. I'd listened to that um, song on the soundtrack before I saw the movie. And I was like, this can't, this, no, this isn't all of it, right? Like, mm-hmm. And, and then it was, and I was just so disappointed. And it, I, I like how, obviously, in The Lion King, there are some parts that are uh, fantastical. So be prepared is one. Um, I just can't wait to be king. I just can't one. wait to be king yeah. is one where, like, obviously these things aren't happening in a kaleidoscope motion. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I thought they did a really good job of kind of substituting what a more realistic interpretation would be so i liked even for be prepared i liked how they showed that and all the hyenas and he's still in the gorge and he's still going up but i thought the song was so flat and and it didn't even feel like a song it felt like uh, dang i have to i have to say it again and i don't want to spoil it for you but in the jungle book they have um I want to be like you. Uh-huh. And it's an awkward spot because uh, Christopher Walken as King Louie is talking to Mowgli and then he just kind of goes into the song. Like he goes from talking and then he just goes into the song. And it's kind of it, it's kind of jarring because in the original, I want to be like you is an actual number. Like he has, you know, monkeys as backup singers. And it just kind of, okay, now we're singing. And then you get to the the remake version and it's like oh why did he start singing he couldn't just keep talking and be prepared i felt the same way because the scene is set so well they move the the um hyenas lair isn't a uh it isn't the elephant graveyard it's kind of just like a badlands kind of place that's Uh dark and desolate and smoky and scar just kind of strolls into it and ta- he starts motivating the hyenas and then he goes in to be prepared and it just kind of like it kind of slaps you in the face and it's like wait when did we get into be prepared and he starts yeah. you know he actually starts singing and it bothered me because yeah. this this was I, I read about it this is the song that the one song that they were going to cut out was be prepared why they had to cut one and i guess it was be prepared it makes the most sense i think such a good song. Yeah, I agree with you. But if you have to change something, yeah, I think "Be Prepared" is the most expendable because "Circle of Life" you can't cut. You mm-hmm. you can't do it. "Can You Feel the Love Tonight" is the love song. "Hakuna Matata" is Timon and Pumbaa's introduction, and it's the transition song to Simba's new lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And then "I Just Can't Wait to Be King" is Simba's "I Want" song. It sets up his motivation as young Simba. Yeah. "Be Prepared" could have been achieved without song form. What I was thinking, I thought about this on the way out. Scar could have just kind of done a. This is exactly why they cut it. But Scar could have done like a Hitler esque scene of, <laughs> "Hey hyenas, are you with me? We're about to take over the Pride Land." Yeah. And he could have said everything that he sang. Yeah, here's but... here's what I appreciated from it is that in the original, we never saw the relationship between Scar and the hyenas being built. 
Yes. In just with a couple lines, maybe a couple split second interactions, do we see that when when Scar walks into that lair, that he's not welcome. He's mm-hmm. not a known quantity yet. They know that he's not like the other lions, but they don't know what he's about. Um, and I appreciated that. I liked showing that part. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, this also goes to my love of villains. Like, villains need their day too. Yeah. Um, and frequently are some of the more interesting characters. But yeah, I, I do think he did a, a great job. I agree with you. Most of the stuff that I liked about this movie had to do with the changes that they made to Scar, Scar, the hyenas, um, a lot of the stuff that was done. Like the, I love what they did with the hyenas. Like you said it, they know that Scar isn't with the lions, but that doesn't mean Scar's with them. Yeah. The introduction of Shenzi as kind of the leader of the mm-hmm. hyenas, because in the original, she's just another one of Scar's minions. The mm-hmm. hyenas in this are an independent, you know, group that's against Mufasa. But I like what they did with the hyenas as far as, you know, making Shenzi a leader and making them look a little bit more dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that whole act a little more dangerous. Yeah, that whole scene where Simba's running around the tunnels and he can't get out and there are just hyenas everywhere. That's a great scene. It's a yeah. little it's a little um dizzying at times but it's yeah very, very well put together actually now that i i just saw toy story 4 today it makes me think of when uh they're in the antique store and the crazy dolls the are chasing after oh my god yeah and there was one point where like he goes into some stuff but he was squeezing between some stuff and it looked like a tunnel area and then the dummy like goes after him and it's like oh my god that is so creepy that is Mm -hmm. so creepy and it's exactly the same feeling as being chased by hyenas we will have a mini episode about toy story 4 eventually i just need to see it again and schedules have been weird but um yeah and then the changes to scar's backstory how um he had a thing for sarabi but sarabi Mm -hmm. chose mufasa and i love the line like it gave me chills the line um i wouldn't dream of challenging you again Mm -hmm. and i was like oh what are they gonna do i was talking to uh tim who couldn't be here due to technical difficulties we were talking about it and i was like yo give me that movie give me right give me that prequel yeah yeah that would be so cool to see because like they allude to mufasa is the reason scar has a scar yeah which we always kind of assumed Mm -hmm. but it was never it was never put out there and it, it was a great change to Scar's motivation, uh-huh. where in the original, he's kind of just like a scorned brother. He's an unloved brother. In mm-hmm. the musical, he just wants, you know, immortality and he wants a legacy that Mufasa didn't have. Or he wants a, he wants a legacy like Mufasa has. Mm-hmm. And in this one, he's just kind of wanting a regime change and yeah. he wants Sarabi. I, I kind of like those changes. What is something that you like that we haven't touched on yet? Um, I gotta say, I love the reference to Beauty and the Beast. Like, we um, were talking about taking these fantastical moments and making them more realistic. And mm-hmm. Timon and Pumbaa distracting the hyenas with a hula dance is not necessarily the most realistic thing. And so having him break in to be our guest was just brilliant. 
So clever. I think that was one of the few moments where I like just started laughing out loud. I'm like, yeah, me too. Are we doing this? Are we and there, then he kept are, going. How far like, are we going? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, we're actually doing this. And then they, they cut him off. The, a lot of the moments where uh, Timon and Pumbaa get cut off by, you know, like the hyenas attacking them or Nala coming out of nowhere to eat Pumbaa. Some mm. of those moments were either really hilarious or just straight terrifying. Yeah. For the most part, I really liked the voice casting. Beyonce is going to take a second for me to get used to because I've been listening to a lot of Beyonce lately. I will say all of her added lines, most of her added lines, I was disappointed in. Lions, are you with me? I, yeah. Sorry. It, I, I know it's meant to be an empowering moment. How? I'm, I haven't worked out in my head yet. But like it, some of those lines were a little cringy for me. Yeah. <sighs> I'm not going to uh, crap all over what Beyonce's performance was, but like it personally, I don't think it was that good. Yeah, I don't know that it was the right call. I I liked how they rewrote Nala. Nala had a bigger part to play, mm-hmm. um, in a similar but not as drastic way um, as Jasmine. Like Jasmine got a whole song, but I I liked how they kind of made her character more important and more empowered. In a much more obvious way than the original animated version. But I don't know that Beyonce, and I can't believe I'm saying this, I don't know that Beyonce was the right casting choice. Her involvement in the project was a good idea. Uh huh. Like, I think I like her contribution to, like, I like the gift. It, I'm not a huge fan. I'm not going to jam it all the time. But the gift is not a negative to this entire cloud of The Lion King 2019. Mm-hmm. But. Better voice actresses, better actresses with vocal range could have been chosen over Beyonce. Yeah. Because, like, there were moments where, like, when she's trying to convince Simba to come back to Pride Rock, her whole southern accent comes out. <laughs> and I'm just like, this is a pro. I mean, it's Beyonce, but it's not Nala. <laughs> yeah. And I just kind of giggled to myself. I'm like, this is, this is kind of funny, but it's kind of taken me out of the movie. Yeah. Like, her voice is kind of, it's kind of husky. Yeah, a little bit. it didn't work for me. That's the most I can say. Um, but if if you're going to keep Beyonce in there, and you're if you're going to give her a song like Jasmine got, mm-hmm. they should have done Shadowland okay. from, from the Broadway version. And Shadowland is the song that she sings when she's... Sorry, if you haven't seen Lion King, the musical, there's a moment, I think it's been cut going forward, but there's a a moment where Scar tries to, uh, if you want to look at it this way, he tries to like sexually harass Nala because he sees Nala as his way to, you know, cubs, legacy, immortality, all Mm -hmm. his words. Nala is his queen, is going to be his queen, and he kind of tries to force himself on her, and Mm -hmm. she leaves. And in no, and she refuses. And in rejecting his advances, she gets exiled from Pride Rock. Mm-hmm. Shadowland is the song that she sings when she leaves. Okay, and it's a great song. It's probably it's one of my favorite songs from the musical. It's it's a well put together song. The th- that theme itself is used throughout all of The Lion King in the original. In this, if you were going to use Beyonce, I think you should have given her a chance to sing that song. There was time. Mm-hmm. I didn't hate the uh, Zazu causing a distraction to give her a chance to get away. Yeah, that, that was good. Yeah, that was good. But I think 
shorten that, let her sing. If you're going to yeah. get Beyonce, let her sing. Because everything that I said about the gift, I didn't like the use of the spirit as Simba's coming back. Again, yeah. it took me out of the movie. Yeah. Because it doesn't really gel with And it was the everything. only song that I was like, this isn't, that's not the soundtrack. Yeah. It's the only thing. Yeah. If you listen to the, if you watch the original, the the song that Simba is running back to Pride Rock to fits in perfectly with the rest of the soundtrack. And uh-huh. with the score, I still like the score in this. The, it's kind of, it's not verbatim from the from the old one, but they've kind of changed some things. Hans Zimmer changed some things. Mm-hmm. It's still, everything still fits together with, you know, the songs, the theme of the movie and everything. And the spirit just kind of comes out of nowhere. And it's like, oh, this it, again, it kind of took me out. Yeah. Let's talk music for a second while we're, while we're on it what did you think well okay i'll tell you what i thought of the score i before i saw the movie i was thinking man so hans zimmer came back to do the score how awesome would it be to come back and rescore rearrange something that you wrote 25 years ago mm-hmm. that's incredible and like i i think most of it sounded really good yeah there was only there was one part towards the end, and I don't remember if it was something to do with Pumbaa or is like when they're re-entering the Pride Land or when it starts raining. Maybe there's this really like powerful line of music in the original, and instead it kind of fizzles off and into something else. Mm-hmm. And this one, I was like, I'm a little disappointed you didn't continue on with that. But again, like that's something that only people who know this movie wrote would mm-hmm. recognize. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, I was so impressed. I did not like Beyonce and Childish Gambino singing "Can You Feel the Love Tonight." Uh, I I agree with you on the score. For me, like part of it, I think part of it was the arrangement. Like the scoring was not great. It didn't suit either of them very well. No. But also, it sounded almost unedited. Like it wasn't mastered properly. It yeah, Childish Gambino. Or sorry, should we refer to him as Childish Gambino or Donald Glover? Well, in this, he's Childish Gambino because he's singing. He's, he's, but he's credited as Donald Glover during during the movie. Donald Glover's voice, it's kind of, um, I was gonna say it's not melodic. That's that doesn't make sense though. But he he gets kind of drowned out. We said it. We said this would happen. Yeah. He kind of gets drowned out a little bit by Beyonce and it's not the power of Beyonce's voice. It's just kind of the mixing. Yeah. Like Beyonce's fine. We just needed more depth of sound from Donald yeah. Glover. But it also sounded like Beyonce like the way that it was written it also sounded like it was holding Beyonce back, you know? Yeah. Like you're yeah. not letting this girl do her thing, but yeah. also you're also just not making this duet a good duet yeah um i almost would rather them have it just be her mm-hmm. aside from the speaking parts that are just simba yeah but have it just be her and have her fucking kill it instead of some like i'm gonna have to do this because my counter can't keep up yeah and it's it's disappointing because like you can't you can't do that because that is this is the duet this is this was supposed to be a whole new world, mm-hmm. but 
like Elton John was like, I always wanted to write a Disney duet, and this is what he wrote. Yeah. But yeah, it's it was it was a disappointment. I agree with you for uh, the score. The score mm-hmm. a lot of times listening to it isolated on the soundtrack, it's really good. There are a lot mm-hmm. of there are a lot of moments that I was like, ooh, I kind of like this more than the the original. Uh, the original. I think he did a good job with it. But a lot of the songs, like all of the songs, um, just kind of feel like covers. Yeah. Uh, man, I didn't even like, I didn't even like Hakuna Matata all that much. No. <sighs> no. Um, what did you think of Timon and Pumbaa? <laughs> Verbatim. Timon and Pumbaa were okay. <laughs> okay. That's what I wrote in my notes. They weren't awful, but they weren't, you know, a revelation for, you know, the two characters. I wonder how much of their stuff was them riffing and how much of it was written. Because Timon and Pumbaa probably had the most off the original script lines mm-hmm. out of anything. They had the most that kind of veered off the beaten path. Yeah. And I didn't hate all of it, but also there were some things that I was like, that doesn't need to be there. Like, that's yeah. not funny. Mm-hmm. I loved them. Basically, everything they did at Pride Rock, I thought was brilliant. Um, so, like, distracting the hyenas and then being in the fight and Timon fucking kicking ass. I thought that whole thing was really good. Uh, what was, there was a moment. Oh, I was reading trivia on IMDb. And what uh, Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner did with, uh, or what John Favreau had them do was they did a run-through three times with those two, with the script, twice with the script, and by the third time, they didn't need it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when they started improvising. Because Mm -hmm. those are the two, like, throughout the entire movie, those are the two that you're going to have improvise. Um, And it makes sense for them to be the ones. I just wasn't, I didn't think all of it landed. Yeah, same. Speaking of people who didn't land, and you're going to hate me for this, I hated John Oliver as Zazu. <gasps> I did. No. I hated him as Zazu. No. I was talking with, I can't remember who I was talking to, but Zazu isn't a comedic character. He is the neurotic character that somehow becomes funny through his, mm-hmm. you know, getting pounced on and his bad puns. Yeah. At the beginning, John Oliver felt like he was doing a shtick. Or like a little routine when he was mm-hmm. talking with Muscar and then with Mufasa. It didn't land for me. And then it didn't end any better because he disappears once Simba disappears. And then when he comes back, he doesn't have that much else to do. And then there wasn't the scene where they had the one thing that they cut was when he was singing, I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. They didn't yes. even have that scene oh, to redeem him. Oh, I forgot him. about that. There wasn't that scene between Scar and Zazu to redeem anything that Zazu could do. So I was like, okay, I don't like Zazu in this movie. Man, yeah, that definitely should have been in there. But I liked him. I, I didn't think he was amazing. I do know what you mean. Like, there are a couple things right at the beginning that I I feel I feel like he settled into it and like they probably didn't even record this in order but still I I think the beginning was a little bit too much I'm John Oliver doing Zazu yes but as it got into it I think by the time we got to I just can't wait to be king it settled into I thought a good place but Mm -hmm. going back a minute I said all that about uh, Donald Glover his um his take on Simba, I think, was an improvement 
over Matthew Broderick. Mm-hmm. He sounded cooler. Yeah. He made Simba sound a lot cooler. Mm-hmm. I thought it was funny when, uh, at the end of Akuna Matata, when he started, like, riffing. Yeah. And Timon and Pumbaa called him out on it. Uh-huh. They needed more of that during Can You Feel the Love Tonight. But that I thought that was cool, and it was funny. Yeah, I did think that was funny. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you know what? Now that you mention it, Simba in the first one, he's not someone you really like. No. Right? Like, you're mm-hmm. rooting for him, but he's not someone you like. Like, he's bratty. He's snotty. Much more in alignment with Hamlet, which mm-hmm. we've talked about in the past. Like, this is the animated version of Hamlet. Mm-hmm. In this version, Simba was much more approachable. You liked him more. You were on his team the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of that is because of Donald Glover's performance. I do wish they would have improved Simba's character, like his motivations a little bit more. Uh-huh. And they were on the right track because as a as a cub, his whole thing was, I don't want people to look at me as a cub. I'm about to be the king. I'm not a cub anymore. Uh-huh. I wish that would have carried into him being, or it would have been more prominent when he went to the Oasis with Timon and Pumbaa. He uh-huh. could have started acting like a cub. And then when Nala showed up, he could have been more childish. And Nala could have been like, you're acting like a cub when you're supposed to be a king. Yeah. That's a great line. That line yeah. t- that I just said should have been in there. She did say that something to that extent. But that reminds me of a big problem that I, a big thing that was like, I don't like this. There were a lot of pacing problems with this movie. Yeah. A lot of the important scenes that needed to breathe. I mean pacing as opposed to letting a scene breathe or how long a scene went on. Some yeah. of the most important scenes like... The reunion of Nala and Simba, and then their subsequent fight. Mufasa's death, the Mufasa's ghost scene, which they completely ruined. It was awful. That was that. I think that's when I was like, I don't like this movie. I didn't think it was awful, but that was never a huge scene for me. Like that was never a, a big part that I loved. But those key scenes in the movie, they they have so much weight mm-hmm. to what's going on, and the fact that they were. Uh, so um what was the word that you just used condensed yes since they were so condensed it kind of took away the the beauty and the gravity of those scenes and it kind of took a lot from the movie Mm -hmm. and i think that was my biggest annoyance i could have gotten past you know the vocal performances and um you know the lack of characterization in some spots but like that's you, if you listen to this podcast, I'm a story person, but those, though, the gravity of those scenes being lost, mm-hmm. kind of, it, it really took away from the overall execution of the movie. Yeah. Uh, characters that haven't really touched on uh, the the smaller roles, Sarabi, uh, Alfred Woodard was good. Mm-hmm. Again, she didn't have that much, but Sarabi didn't have that much in the original. Rafiki was it. He was more down to earth. Less, yeah, a little less mystical. Yeah, I I liked the. It was kind of like a window into Rafiki that we didn't get in the first one, and I like that. I also like that you could see that the red was coming from roots. Yeah, because that I don't think that was really apparent in the first one. Yeah, well, in the first one, the red came from berries. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was berries, and then I think when he made the mane around his his face. I want to say it was dried berries. That might have still been roots. Hmm. But I know originally it was berries. Okay. And then, uh, I mean, young Simba and young Nala weren't 
they weren't awful. I take that back. They they I just don't really have a comment on them. They weren't bad. They weren't awful. They weren't offensive. Yeah. Something that's funny as as well, it's not a bad thing, but it was we raved about how the animals looked. The only thing that kind of takes you out is their lack of facial expressions. Mm-hmm. The only people that kind of had expressions were Simba, Timon, and Scar. Yeah. Like the most yeah, distinguished exactly. facial expressions. Mm-hmm. Speaking of distinction, I wish lions in the herd, for like example, the lionesses. Yeah, they all look the same. Yeah, like when you get to the end, I couldn't tell who was Sarabi and who was Nala. Yeah. I really couldn't. And then when you look at the hyenas, all the hyenas look alike. That's messed up to say. But all all the hyenas looked alike. Mm-hmm. And I wish it, that's something that you lose with you know, traditional animation and CG and photorealism. Mm -hmm. And CGI, you just have the model and you're just kind of multiplying the model. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it saves time or saves money, but you don't really have the wherewithal to make five hyenas look differently if they all have a speaking role. If five hyenas spoke in this movie, all five of those hyenas looked exactly the same. I mean, I couldn't I, tell Shenzi apart from. Uh, I could tell Shenzi uh, apart from the others, but like I definitely couldn't for the others. But yeah, I I kind of see what you mean. I think that's my last uh, little bit. Going out on a kind of highish note, James Earl Jones. What do you think of James oh Earl Jones' performance? Oh my god! Okay, so super happy that he came back for that role, but a lot of the lines didn't land. Like, just weren't as impactful, especially in the remember who you are scene. There there just wasn't a lot of weight to some of the lines that were meant to be really impactful. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of sad about that. I, I didn't mind that it was a different performance. There were things that I liked about it. Um, and I, I do love his voice. I think it's really cool that he came back for that. But I just wasn't crazy about some of the takes that they chose. Yeah. And speaking of different takes, if you listen to The Gift, there are different takes that they use on that album. Oh, huh. Like, some of the readings are different. But uh, I I agree with you. Some of the stuff didn't land. Like, there was a different weight. And granted, yes, we know he is 86. You can't speak and do any of the same things that you did do at 86 as you do at 63 when he originally recorded, recorded the role. But I, I like what they say in uh, trivia that they did have him do them differently, and mm-hmm. it kind of helps that he's a he's a different kind of king. Yeah, he's a, he's an elder king that's been around for a while. Yeah. So I can appreciate. Okay, that makes sense if you think about it that way to kind of reinforce why to he doesn't him sound a little different. bit. Yeah, he sounds different. Yeah. And I guess this is to highlight how good the realism on the animals is. Uh, I told my boss at work today. I don't think you should go see this movie. And she's like, mm. why? Because it's not good? I'm like, nothing to do with that. These animals, that they, they, it just look like, they look like straight up cats. <laughs> and when Simba's like, no, when his father dies and his crying mm. and everything, it looks like a real cat. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, hey boss, this will wreck you. Yeah. Like just that scene will wreck you. I guess my ser- it's a public service announcement. If you're a cat person, don't go see The Lion King. <laughs> if you love your cat, avoid this movie. Man, I've seen, what, seven or eight of these adaptations now? And I guess it's uh, 
the the biggest thing is not how closely they they adapt the source material it's what they do with the source material and then change it Mm -hmm. like i i appreciated that they took this and they made it look like these were real ass lions fighting over pride rock but it's it's just similar to what we've seen already they add 30 minutes to what's originally a 90 minute movie and it's just kind of not necessary yeah i will say in the final fight scene so you see the lightning strike and i was like okay this is cool because this is something i don't know you're creating a setting that's hard to replicate Mm -hmm. from the animated version and then i was like how are they going to do the slow motion part because they have you have to have that slow motion fight between scar and simba you have to yeah and then like they had a thing and i was like that that can't be it and then they went back to them fighting and i was like okay and i thought it was really tastefully done Mm -hmm. it wasn't nearly as uh slow-mo as uh the first version but i still thought like you got the point across this is an epic battle Mm -hmm. um so i like that part I was like, Rafiki doesn't have a stick. What's he going to do? And then he goes back to the tree and pulls the stick out. That should have been a cheer moment for me. But I was like, I'm ready to go home. I'll Aww. cheer at home. As a kid, I loved that moment with Rafiki with the stick. Yeah. I, I did love that part. What uh, letter grade would you give it? B minus. I, uh, I gave it a solid C minus. Oh, wow. Yeah. It hit all the familiar beats. It looks great. Some of the music hit me right in the warm and fuzzies. But uh, there are a lot of moments that were ruined. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't even see anything. And I couldn't even see Mufasa's face in the ghost scene. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it kind of solidifies once, but just keeps moving. But I, I think that's part of, like, the photorealism. Like, this is meant to be a more realistic version. And it's not realistic to have Simba or Mufasa's head in the cloud I get that but I think it could have been a little bit more defined I've looked up at the clouds before and it's like oh that looks like actually something if you use your imagination but But. I think that's the point is like he is using his imagination so really those clouds are just clouds and Mm. moving around and it's a storm and he's hearing Mufasa and he sees him for a split second in the clouds, but that's not actually really what's happening. Oh man, I just remembered something that gets lost in translation or Simba's anger and Simba's guilt. Because he's, yeah. he's feeling guilty because he still thinks it's his fault that Mufasa's dead. And he's also angry that his father's not around. Mm-hmm. And that's something and that Rafiki, like... Rafiki like stops him and is like, you need to get your head out of your ass yeah and they don't even touch on that in this it's just identity is his crisis in this movie yeah i would say that that would be an interesting take if they'd done more with it Mm -hmm. i have some fun facts benedict cumberbatch turned down the role to voice scar oh that would have been so good again i like to tell edgy for what he did uh i'm tired i'm kind of tired of hearing benedict cumberbatch voice all the deep voiced evil people what else has he done aside from the dragon? He's and done. He's done Smaug. He did. Um, he was Shere Khan in the Netflix version of the Jungle Book in Mowgli. Oh. He was, of course, he was Khan in Star Trek Into Darkness. He didn't have a deep voice, but he was also the Grinch in the most recent Grinch movie. Okay. Yeah, I think that's it. 
in the German version of this movie, Nala is voiced by Magdalena Turba. She also voiced young Nala in the 94 German version. Oh, that's cool. I think that's that's the coolest thing. Mm -hmm. This movie serves as the final credit for film editor Mark Lewolski, who he died in September 2018. And his film credits include Vanilla Sky, The Devil Wears Prada, The Blind Side, Wedding Crashers, Saving Mr. Banks, and uh, the 2016 Jungle Book, also directed by Jon Favreau. Mm -hmm. And then the funniest thing, this this wasn't on IMDb, it's something that I thought of. Beyonce's Lion King album is titled The Gift. In Swahili, Nala means gift. Aww. Yeah. Nala made her own album. I don't know if that was intentional, but it's still cool. I'm sure it was. So yeah, that is our review, generally, of The Lion King. Woot woot! I didn't like it. Grace. Didn't hate it. Yeah, didn't hate it. Uh, Drunk and Dizzy? Do it! Okay. Do you remember what the original Drunk and Dizzy for this one was? For The Lion King? Yeah. Give me a minute or two and I can pull it up. Wouldn't it be funny if you came up with the same thing without even looking at it? Uh, it would, because all of these could apply. I dealt the second rule is one that's in the original. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, in the original, it's drink every time a song starts, drink any time a side character cracks a joke, and finish your drink when any character dies. Oh, that last one. Mm-hmm. Do you want to replace one? Uh, I think the last one we can replace. Simba? Or no, oh, no. Are you talking about the or, ones that you just did? Yeah. Oh, no. I uh, I think maybe the middle one. I, I kind of feel like the finish your drink anytime a character dies should be in there. I think that's a good rule. Because you've got Scar and you've got Mufasa, but that's pretty much it. Yeah. You're probably at the end of your first drink anyway when Mufasa dies. All right. Okay. Uh, rule number one, drink every time a song begins. Rule number two, drink every time someone says Simba. And rule number three, finish your drink when a character dies. Man, I kind of want to watch the, um... Original? Yeah, or at least the opening. I think the opening was really good. Yeah. In the original, it starts when the sun rises. Mm-hmm. In this one, they show you the, the field... And then the sun rises. And it's like, I know it's about to happen. <laughs> I'm ready when for it. When is it, it going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. My body is ready. Oh, there's the sunrise. <laughs> I think that was the best part. Like, they did pretty much shot for shot circle of life. That was really cool. Yeah. Just some of the lighting and stuff was different. Yeah. So, uh, what's next for Disney? I think the only two Disney films that are left this year are um maleficent comes out in october frozen 2 comes out in november for frozen 2 i know i'm more excited for maleficent i maleficent has two other movies now right there's maleficent and then the maleficent 2 is about to come out okay yeah i thought there was another one in between i definitely need to watch that again um i feel like the preview might have shown too much but i'm really excited i need to watch maleficent well need is a strong word I'm interested in watching Maleficent again because I don't remember a lot of the end. Mm-hmm. This is in the trailer, not a spoiler. 
how did Maleficent come to be like Aurora's stepmother or her mm-hmm. guardian or whatever? That's weird. That's a good thing that could play into uh, a crossover, like Aurora's love for Maleficent versus her need to destroy her. I'm pretty sure that's uh-huh. what's going to happen in this movie. Yeah, I'm kind of excited for Frozen too. I, you know what, that the preview scene where she's trying to get across the water, that. I'm really interested about. Um, but I also don't care about the trolls. And I feel like they're going to be a lot more of the trolls. I don't think the trolls are going to be as important. I think the trolls are going to be important only insofar as... Getting them to start the journey. Yeah. They're going to be the, hey, you need to go get this thing. Go get the thing. Bye. <laughs> and then at the end, they're going to show up again. You got the thing. Hooray. Credits. <laughs> I think that's it for the trolls. Yeah. Also, Frozen the musical is coming to Dallas next year. Oh, okay. Yeah, next summer. I'm kind of excited. I'm going to try and get tickets to that. Yeah, that should be good. It's becoming a trend that during Pride Month, there's a Disney musical at uh, Dallas Summer Musicals. Because hmm. this year was Aladdin. Last year was Lion King. And I think this season before that, it was Little Mermaid. Yeah. And next year... Uh, in the same month of June, it's going to be frozen. Yeah. It's going to be good. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney Versus. You can find us on Twitter at Disney VS. Thank you to all our new subscribers that have found us via Twitter. We really appreciate you. Uh, give us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, drop us a comment. Give us a five-star review on Facebook and drop us a comment. Let us know what you think of the, uh, the podcast. We recently got to five out of five on Apple iTunes, so I'm really happy. Or Apple Podcasts, sorry. If you leave us a comment and a five-star review, I will read it during the show. As always, I forget to look before we record, so let me do that right now. No one loves us. It's okay. We know. I mean, well, somebody loved us because they gave us a new five-star review. No new comment, but whoever you are that just gave us a five-star review, thank you. May Mufasa smile on you forever and ever. (laughs) May you always be prepared. Uh, Too soon. Oh, sorry. You can also find us on Google Play Music where you can give us... 8.25 hulas. Attitude. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, out of five. Like I said earlier, we will eventually do a Toy Story 4 episode. It'll probably be a mini-sode. Mini-sode. And then we'll figure out what to hit you with next time. Until then, thank you for listening as always, and we will see you guys next episode. Bye!